Welcome everyone to the Special Education Inner Circle Podcast. I'm your host, Catherine Witcher, and today I'm super excited to have with me five master IEP coaches, and together we're going to give you six things you need to do in the next 30 days. No matter what your role is on the IEP team, we're going to give you action steps that make a difference. And you know what? We're just going to jump right in. So I have with me Rhonda, Diana, Karen, Shay, and Markeisha. You're going to hear from each of them. They're going to share with you how did they end up at an IEP table, and they're going to give you an action step that you can take. So grab your journal, get your pen, fill up your coffee cup, because here we go. Rhonda, it's all you. How did you end up at an IEP table? And what's your action step for us today? Sure. Thanks, Catherine. So I ended up at an IEP table supporting my families as a special educator coming out of early intervention at the age of three and moving into the public school system for their very first IEP meeting. Um, and that's how I kind of came to the IEP table. I've been in the um, special ed uh, field for over 30 years doing a multiple multiple things. Um, and my tip and action step is to get some training. So as a parent, you know, we've been doing this now at home or, or remotely or both in and out for some time. And maybe you're struggling with kind of how to support your child at home with what the teacher, what the curriculum is, teachers are asking you to do. So I want parents to know that they absolutely have the right to ask for parent training just as teachers get trained, parents can also access that same training. For me, it's a win-win-win, right? You, you as a parent are going to win because you're going to feel more uh, effective. Your child is going to win because hopefully they're going to move forward in their development. And then the teacher is also going to win because they're going to see coaching. So go get that parent training. Absolutely. And parent training can be a variety of different things. Anything from getting trained to how a behavior management program might be implemented at home because they're at home and not school right now. It could be on assistive technology. It could be how a certain curriculum works. It can be anything that obtains to the IEP goals. So I want to encourage everybody, if you're hearing this and you're like, wait a minute, I got a question about this parent input training. I want you to hop over to specialedinnercircle.com and you'll be able to see how you can connect with myself and master IEP coaches and get answers to all of your IEP questions. On that note, Diana, it's all about you. So how did you end up at an IEP table and what's your action step for us? Hi. Um, yeah, I was introduced to the IEP table uh, when my youngest son started into school and um, not knowing anything, I had no background in education, let alone special education. So I had to basically train myself um, and learn about IEPs from scratch and went through some really um, bad situations, but through educating myself and advocating for my son um, came out um, in a really good place. And I wanted to make sure that no other parent had to go through what we went through. Um, so that's um, why I'm here today. But um, I kind of wanted to talk about placement right now. A lot of parents are kind of feeling forced into placement changes that we've had to make um, through circumstances that are not um, ideal, circumstances that we didn't realize that were going to you know, be happening, um, that the schools can't control and we can't control. But there are options out there. Um, there are you know, some creative things that we can do to ensure that our kids are getting the services and supports that they need. 
Um, there are conversations that can be had with the schools and we don't need to feel that we are backed into a corner um, in that area. Right. So like we can't force a school to open if they've chosen, you know, to be closed based on their state regulations and they're following all the rules and this is where they're at. So we can't change some things, but there's things that are happening at home or in a hybrid placement or even if they are at school and there's new rules that are there, there's ways to make modifications and changes and, you know, Parent training can go into that and staff training and all of these different things. And I know Karen and Shay and Marquisha have things that are going to layer on top of that. So if you're listening to this and you're thinking, oh, my goodness, like I can work on my child's placement and all the things that are happening and what their services look like, even though I've been told this is the way it is. Yeah, absolutely. You can. So, um, Karen, tell us, how did you end up at an IEP table and what's your action step for today? Thanks, Catherine. Hi, everyone. So I am pretty much like Diana. I ended up at an IEP table um, with, you know, it appeared to have 400 people staring at me. And so um, I don't have any educational background. And so I had to also educate myself to help advocate for my son. And I have been at countless meetings for him. And that, that grew into not wanting other people to go through what I did, became an ADHD coach and became a master IEP coach as well and have been, again, countless IEP tables with clients as well. And I see you know, both sides, and I think Catherine has helped all of us understand that there are both sides. There's the school side and the parent side. And so my tip really has to do with, and, and really this relates to um, a recent client I was talking to in California, where um, I think this happens much more now virtually but in this case, too, and what in my niche of ADHD, I see a lot of executive functioning deficits. And those deficits seem to worsen virtually. And that's organization, time management, focus, all of those things that are just so impacted. And so in this case, although the team saw incredible grades and they were not, they were not speaking from a point of view that um, reflected what I was being told by the parent. And then I realized that she was being the CEO of what he was doing at home, the what that one-on-one -on -one, and all of the things that she was having to do, including advocate for him to follow up, to write emails to the teacher, to, to write things in the Zoom, ask questions. All of that was her. So um, I encouraged her to speak up and speak from her point of view, which she did. And the IEP team was completely shocked and quiet. And I think my point here is that um, the data comes into play. You know, it's, it's, we all want our children to succeed, right? And if you're feeling like you can't tell the school what you need, you do it for your child or you're there glued to your child to make sure he succeeds. But in the meantime, the IEP is not effective because the, the school and the teachers believe that they're doing a great job because this child has got A's. So I think, in, I think to summarize my tip, it's more about um, really, really important you certainly can advocate for your child and help, but you do need to collect that data and the data around what you're doing, what you're having to do to make sure that your child can function in order to get those A's. And that's, you know, your, your child's not going to take you to um, somewhere beyond high school, whether it be a trade school or college. You know, ultimately, we want our child to be independent. And Absolutely. And independence, if, if the, the mom or the dad is sitting there and feeling trapped 
for hours upon hours during the day and making sure he does what he's supposed to do because that's what's happening right now in that case. And I'm sure Absolutely. And that's happening in a lot of places. There's a lot of families that are being really tied down to uh, just expectations that are being put out by the school. And, you know, I honor that teachers are also feeling, you know, really constrained by what's happening to everybody is in like this push pull thing right now of how to make things work. But these are the action steps, guys. These are the action steps that you can take that are going to help you get unstuck. Like I said, there's things that we cannot change right now, but we can get unstuck in a lot of ways. So Shay, will you share with us, how did you end up at an IEP table and what's your action step for today? Okay, how did I get to the IEP table? Well, with self-efficacy, for me, I have a disability. So learning about understanding me with a disability long before, but as a teacher also on the IEP team. So teaching kids or students how to be an advocate or understanding how to stand up for themselves. And I think that's where I come now as a 25 years as a teacher, um, teaching kids how to advocate for themselves. It is so important now because in virtual world and even in the classroom, it's just that it's so important that that kids can stand up for themselves because we really don't understand what they understand. And even it's so important now that um, for kids to tell us what their strengths are and understand what's going on and um, have that ongoing conversation with their parents with their teachers, um, telling them what they, their difference, you know, beforehand and now what the difference and um, asking for help, saying, hey, I need some help. I don't understand how this is, how this connection is happening anymore. Can you give me help? And maybe going home and saying, hey, you know, parents having that conversation with them, can you give me some connections with that? How's it going? Parents maybe connecting with them at home um, and also parents praising them for speaking up. You know, parents giving that connection, hey, uh, connecting with them, um, praising them also, you know, I think that's a big thing. And teachers praising them for speaking up. I think that's huge, Shay, what you just said there too, is that we as adults, as parents and as teachers, we have got to give the praise and the support for when a student is speaking. We may not like some of the things that they're advocating for. Yeah, because you know? sometimes like they're arguing with us and it's not really they're arguing with us or they're being rude. It's just they really don't know how to speak up for themselves and there might be talking back. And sometimes it's not really they're talking back. They just don't really know how to use the words. Absolutely. And I love that. And I want everybody who's listening to remember that Shay is speaking as somebody who has been at the table as a student herself. And now she's a teacher who is helping her students through this process and trying to bridge that, that gap between home and school. And self-advocacy is a huge piece of that. And self-advocacy 100% can be something that's put into the IEP. It's something that can be worked on immediately. It's not something that... Um, 
we have to have necessarily even a huge IEP meeting about, we can get started on working on self-advocacy skills and then integrate it in during the next meeting. And I want you guys to hear that real clear, that all of these things that we're talking about from parent training to modifying the placement to self-advocacy to parents collecting data at home, we don't need a big old IEP meeting to make those changes. We can start to make those changes and then integrate it into the next meeting. The IEP meeting is always the minimum that needs the, the IEP document, right? It's the minimum that needs to occur. We can always do more. We can always do some things a little bit different. As long as we're still doing what's in the IEP, we can tweak some things around that to start doing what needs to get done so a child can make some progress. And that leads into Markeisha. What do you have for us today? How did you end up at an IEP table and what's your action step? Hi, thank you, um, Catherine. Um, I have a IP table twofold. I started as an early childhood special education teacher, teaching mod severe preschool and um, helping parents not feel overwhelmed at the IEP table, maybe sneaking them a little inside scoop on what will be um, help desk for their child. And um, I have the privilege of having adopted my youngest son who during the adoption process was um, diagnosed with autism and speech and language delay. So I am representing both sides of the table. Um, so I really can have a great, I'm all, uh, torn on both sides. I know what it is to be on um, both sides. And I want to talk about something that you can do in the next 30 days. A part of the IEP that gets overlooked is, or not as paid as, uh, as much attention to is accommodations and modifications. Um, some things that come to teachers, because we were taught some of these techniques, we take for granted that the parents just under might understand on how to make different accommodations and modifications. And the purpose of an IEP is to individualize and to show what the child knows. So a child can um, know their ABCs, excuse my wonky light, um, <laughs> but might, may not be able to speak it. They may be able to maybe do it out of um, a choice of two. Um, and those little accommodations and modifications to an assignment can really highlight what a child knows, which then makes the parent feel successful, right? Because we all want our child to win. We want the team and the world and the child to know what, what they know. And some just to making a little tweak on uh, an assignment or an assessment can really highlight what the child knows. Absolutely. And that's making a huge difference right now with the workload that's coming home, um, especially if a child's in a hybrid. I'm actually seeing hybrid as the worst workloads around the country because they're trying to balance. I'm going to school today and I got all this stuff and then I'm trying to keep up during virtual day and I got a little behind. So when I get to school, I got all this new stuff and then I get to virtual day and I'm like, it's, they're playing this constant catch up. You know, right. if you're in virtual world, I'm seeing it kind of pile up and you can kind of get through it piece by piece. If you're in person, you're doing what needs to get done. The back and forth is super tough. Accommodations and modifications are absolutely necessary necessary in that situation. Yes. So I have an IEP tip that I need people to do in the next 30 days. I know sometimes we do these panels and I feel a little left out. I'm like, wait, I forgot to share my tip. I get all wrapped up in all of, your, all of your experience and, and all the things. And, and in the next 30 days, in fact, in the next 30 minutes, really, I want you guys to make the decision to not do special education alone. 
the, the struggle that is happening, the isolation that is happening on so many different levels uh, around the country right now, uh, it, it's real. It's not just in your head. It's not going to get better all by itself. Let me just call it out right there. It's not. You're going to have to take some initiative and decide that you're not going to do this alone anymore. I had a master IEP coach um, who explained it in the way of joining the master IEP coach community or joining the special education community is self-care. You're saying that you don't have time for self-care. I totally get it. But what if your self-care included that you could take care of others and yourself at the same time? And we can help you do that. So first choice is I'm not going to do this alone. The second choice that you have to make then, and I'm going to go ahead, for those that are watching live on video, I'm going to put some links up here for you. And those who are listening on the podcast, you'll be able to find these in the show notes. The first choice is you're like, you know what? I just need to stop feeling like I'm drowning. I need to get you know, into like the, the life raft here. Right. And I just need like somebody help me and, and uh, answer some questions. Give me some answers. I can't Google anymore. I can't jump into the special education drama. And that's the special ed inner circle. That's our safe place where we have master IEP coaches who are ready to answer your questions and you get a full library. It is not overwhelming. It's learn at your own pace, learn what you need to know and get surrounded by people who know what you're going through. The special ed inner circle is for everybody, parents, teachers, admins, therapists. It's the, it's just the place where we get stuff done, where we know how to use common sense to move things forward. So that's special ed inner circle.com. The second place that you can choose, you're like, that sounds great, but not only do I want to help myself, but I need to be like Rhonda, Diana and Karen and Shay and Markeisha and the other hundreds of parents and teachers and therapists and admins who have decided like I'm going to help myself and I'm going to help others because I can't sit on the sidelines anymore. Like I'm ready to do this. I'm ready to find out more about how to become a master IEP coach. And then you just head over to masteriepcoach.com. And both of those options um, are going to help you stop feeling that isolation and start moving forward and seeing some real results. So I would love to have you guys come join us in one of those two communities in that way. Now, Let's go ahead and wrap this up. I always have to throw something. We're going to start laughing like, oh gosh, what's she going to ask this time? Okay, here, I'm going to make it easy on you. I want to know your favorite part of the IEP. See, we all get addicted to different parts when we're master IEP coaches of like, ooh, I want to dig in with families and or teachers and help in this area. So what is your favorite part of the IEP? Like when you hear somebody complaining, you're like, let's go fix this part of the IEP. Um, who's right? Rhonda, are you ready? Do you have a favorite ready. part? Okay, go for it. What's your favorite part? So my favorite part of the IEP, probably everybody's favorite part of the IEP on this panel is the parent input statement, right? Because I think it's underused and sometimes it's used incorrectly. And it is really, for me, giving the parents a voice and it is what drives the IEP, right? And it, it gives everybody around the IEP table a real vision as to what this family wants for this child long-term. And so for me, that's my favorite part. Okay, so Rhonda just stole everybody's favorite part. So everybody, oh, oh, Shay says no. Shay's like, okay. hmm, I got something else. So, all right, Shay, you were very adamant with your head shake there of like, no. Well, that is one of my favorite, but mine's beyond the IEP. Mine is the valuation. 
that is <laughs> mine is like evaluating or analyzing the evaluation of the child you know what does this child actually know the assessments and the evaluation that's what i love what drives the education of the child what is getting into that deep of that child oh that is a special ed teacher with a heart <laughs> of gold right there i'm telling you shay because like to say i want to dig into the assessments i will tell you this is why i love that you're a master ip coach and that you're a teacher is because those assessments are very scary for parents it's a lot of numbers that they don't understand it's going to tell them where the gaps are at and that can cause a lot of grief i love that's yes. what I, that's what i do oh i love that piece okay who's got it who's got another favorite piece Marquisha does. Okay, go for it. I think mine's kind of piggybacks. It's the present levels of performance and also um, um, allowing the parents to put their take on it. Because what I noticed when I was in um, school that I was like, oh, Johnny knows his numbers and colors. And they're at home. They're like, well, not at home. So putting the parents, having them put their um, present levels that they see at home or in the community is important because then we could kind of bridge that gap because we don't want them just to be doing their goals and things at school or an assessment. We want it to be generalized. So, Oh my goodness. I love that. And that's so relevant to what's happening right now. Like that is just like, we, we have to have parent input or we're not going to have present levels. Yeah. All right, Diana, Karen, do you guys have a, a favorite area? All right, Karen, you just, so, Karen raised her hand. That's how you know that we're all like we're trying to be in class together. Okay, Karen. So Markeisha actually stole mine, but I just wanted to kind of add to it um, because I think again, coming from the niche of ADHD, um, I, I, I love present levels because it's not just academic, but it's also functional. And functional performance is just as important, sometimes more important in individual kids. And I think those kind, that kind of information is so important to the goals of the IEP. Right. Without those present levels, you can't have good goals. And without paying attention to them, you can't have good goals. So. Yeah, absolutely. It's so important to have that. All right, Diana, it's all you. So I love all those things too, but the, the thing that we aspire to the final part of the IEP is the placement and, you know, seeing what, you know, services and supports are being given and how they're being given, um, you know, making sure that that, that is all taken care of and seeing that all come together is I think my favorite. You know what? I love that too. I love teaching the term full continuum of placements and what that really means. Right? <laughs> we love to get a little fancy in that placement section as master IP coaches because we know that it's not you go to this classroom or that classroom. Right. As master IP coaches, we are all about like the in-between. We're like, no, we don't fit over here or over here with this student or this client that we're working with. Let's just design something else. All <laughs> come together. Absolutely. So I want to thank everybody for being here today. I want to thank our listeners for hanging out with us. Remember, you can reach our master IP coaches at myiepcoach.com. Make that decision to not do special education by yourself. If you're listening to this as a podcast, we would appreciate if you would go hit subscribe, download a few episodes, and then leave us a five-star review because the more reviews we get, the more parents and teachers can find this information. And that's exactly what we need to shift special education outcomes in this upcoming year. And we need that so much. So please go subscribe and leave a review. And we'll talk to you soon. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye.